This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. All right, Parshas told us. It's Parakavav Pasek Zion. We're going to talk about this Pasek. The men of the area in Gror, the people of Gor, these are the Plishtim, they asked about his wife. And Yitzchak answered, she's my sister. Because she was afraid to say it was my wife. Seemingly, this is the Pasek talking. Maybe they'll kill me, the people of this area, for Rivka. Because she's a very beautiful woman. Because she's a very beautiful woman. Now in Pasuk Ches it says, Vayiki Orchul Lushama Yom, and as he'd been there for a long time, Vayashkif Avimela Melpishna Badachalom. So Avimelech, the king of the Pelishim, looked through the window, Vayar, and he saw Avine Yitzchak Mitzachikis Rivka Yishto. The Yitzchak had, in a, I guess, activity, inappropriate activity with Rivka, his wife. And he realized that that's his wife. It wasn't a sister, it's his wife. The Pasukim as constituted, do not seem to make much sense to us. And I'll tell you why. We have five, six different issues that we want to go over. Number one, it sounds like this was asked of Yitzchak's wife. Look at the wording. Not al ishto, or I guess you could say like be ishto. It's le ishto. They asked to his wife. They asked the wife itself. And Yitzchak answered. That's number one. That's the first problem. Number two, it seems that it wasn't Avimelech that asked it. It was only the people, right? But in the end, Avimelech was the one who looked in through the windows. So who was asking this question? Was it the people that really wanted to know? Or was it Avimelech that really wanted to know? And what's the difference between them? Number three, this was a complete lie. Sari Menu was at least, you could say, she was the sister of Avram Avinu because Avram and Sarah... Sarah's grandfather was Avram's father. So in theory, they could have been sister-brother if you count a grandfather as a father. So in theory, you could say that. There is no way you could say that Rivka is your sister. That's not going to work. So he lied. He absolutely lied. Why was he allowed to lie? That's number three. Number four, the idea of maybe they'll kill me. As I said, this sounds like the Pusik is saying it. Ki yare lemor ishti. Because he was afraid to say he's, that she's my wife. Penyarguni should be Penyargunu. Penyarguhu, maybe they'll kill him. Maybe they'll kill me. Sounds like Yitzchak's talking. But it's not Yitzchak talking, it's the Pusik talking for Yitzchak. How does that work? So the wording is off. Number five, what was Avimelech doing looking in the windows? How in the world was he able to do that? And what was going on that Yitzchak was together with Rivka in such a way that the window was an ability for him to see through? That sounds extremely strange. And number six, what exactly did he see? It seems crass to say that our, one of our avos and one of our emos were doing something inappropriate that you could see through a window. It seems crass that the Pusik would even mention that. What in the world is the Pusik trying to tell us? Okay, those are the six questions that we're going to try to answer tonight. Rashi and Ibn Ezra, they say, simply put, for our first question, Le'ishto is Al-ishto. They asked about his wife. They wanted to know, Yitzchak Avinu, is this your wife or not? They asked him, and Yitzchak felt he had to lie to get them off his back. So that's the easy answer out. That's it. Rav Schwab points out that it was not Avimelech that asked this question. He had learned his lesson. Either he or his father or whoever it was that was with Avram Avinu understood that you don't ask these types of questions anymore. But the people didn't ask it. So Avimelech wanted to know, but he wouldn't ask it because he knew, listen, I did this before by Avram Avinu and it didn't work out. So Avimelech stayed on the side, went behind the scenes and didn't say anything. The people were still crass enough to ask this question. They wanted to know, so they asked it, not Avimelech himself. But that didn't mean that Avimelech didn't want to hear anything. 
Nitziv says that he was worried about this. Why? Because even though Hakadosh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had told him it was, all, it was going to be okay as long as he didn't go down to Mitzrayim. Yitzchak was on his way down to Mitzrayim and Hashem said, no, 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 no. go to the Plishtim. I don't want anything bad to happen to you, so therefore go to the Plishtim. And he had that, but here's the idea. Hashem had told him that he didn't have anything to worry about about Avimelech. But Yitzchak was worried about the people. His wording was, I'm not worried about Avimelech killing me. The king I'm not worried about because you promised me, Hashem, that that wasn't going to happen. But the people you've never promised me, I'm worried about that. The Be'er Ma'im Chaim says, Yitzchak was afraid, we've all heard of this concept before. He's afraid that maybe he's going to sin, maybe the sin will be able to get him, and therefore he won't deserve for a miracle to happen for him like it did by Avram Avinu and by Sarah. Yaakov said the exact same thing by Esav, maybe a sin was going to happen, and therefore I have to worry the same exact thing. So he lied. Who else lied? Shmuel and Avi lied. Shmuel Navi was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to lie. When Shmuel Navi was going to anoint David Melech, he said, how can I go? Shaul will hear about it and kill me. He said to Hashem, now again, God tells you to do something. You're going to go up and say, God, how can I go? Shaul will kill me. But it was so dangerous, said Shmuel. I'm allowed to, if I'm not going to do this, what do I say? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, say you're bringing a korban. Say you're going up there to bring a korban. Lie. He was told to lie. A strange thing. But because of that, we see that it's mutter. And therefore, it seems, according to this, that Yitzchak was mutter to lie as well. The Chizkuni says, even the Plishtim were still weary and didn't do anything immediately. Because when Avram had given them muster, Avram gave them muster many years in the past, they understood that they were doing something wrong and tried to rectify it. They still asked questions, but they never acted upon it, which is a mila for them. They'll ask, but they won't do anything because of it. That's a better mila, but it's still something out there. Now, the Alshak and the party shows to say they never asked him about her. Although Rashi and the Ben Ezra says it was about her and they asked Yitzchak, says the Alshech, says the party says that's never what happened. They asked Rivka how she was related to this man. So they went up to her, they asked to his wife, they asked Rivka, they said, Rivka, are you related to this man or not? Which makes sense in the Pshat and the Pusik. Pshat and the Pusik sounds exactly that way. And he didn't do so because he was afraid of Avimelech. Again, he knew Avimelech and his father had made a bris. What he answered, says the Alshech, is what the people are going to say, he answered for. He got right in there. As Rivka was about to answer, it said, whoa, she's my sister. She is my sister. So making sure that Rivka did not speak. The Bear Maim Chaim says he was never planning on lying. But once he saw they asked the question, then he felt like he had to lie. And the Chidah says he recognized from his father's actions, look, this is what you do. If we have a situation where this needs to be done, this is what you need to do. So he did exactly that. So he asked in such a way where he wouldn't be able to say anything, nobody would say anything. He hoped that nobody would get what he was trying to do just like his father had done. Now what was Yitzhak really afraid of? So the Chizkuni says at the time of Avram Binu, they were afraid of doing anything to Avram because they knew about the war and the four kings. Avram was still scared something might happen, but he wasn't as scared. Yitzchak was scared because no one knew who he was. I gave a shir this past week, just on, it was a Musr Shmuz, just on the fact that Yitzchak, you know, we barely know anything about him because the Midah of Yitzchak, of Yira, of awe, is something that people don't understand. Chesed of Avram, people understand. Emes of Yaakov, people understand. But Yira, the Midah of Yitzchak, you know, people don't understand. You don't even get a Parsha for that because it's something that's so far out of our minds. We don't know what it means to really, truly have Yira. Says the Chidah, says the Chizkuni, I'm sorry, that's the reason why Yitzchak was afraid that nobody would have any idea who he was or what he did. But Rabbeinu Ephraim says a totally different issue over here. It's an interesting one. 
Rivka was not as beautiful as Sari Menu. Sari Menu was Yefei Toar, Yefei Mara. She had Yefei Toar in appearance as well as, I, I don't know how to translate them exactly, Toar and Mara that were both beautiful. But Rivka, it was only she was Yefas Mara. That still means she was beautiful, but not as beautiful as Sara. So Avram was afraid he would be killed and Sara would live. Yitzchak was afraid they would both be killed. Both he and Rivka would be killed because maybe there was going to be something there. He didn't know what was going to happen. So when the question was asked, he said, let's get around this for a second. He hoped, says the Rabbeinu Ephraim, that somebody chashiv among the police would offer to marry her. He would engage her and then slowly but surely explain to people, no, it was my wife, but I was scared. That's what he was hoping was going to happen. But of course, it never got to that point because of Abimelech. Now, I want to tell you, I'm weirded out by this question altogether. When they asked him the question, Right? And Yitzchak Avinu answered and said, this is my sister. I cannot believe that didn't raise eyebrows. Granted, it was 65 years ago when Avram Avinu came to Avimelech and said, my wife is my sister. But they must have had someone who remembered it. That must have been, a, a, if they remembered the bris that they had with Avram, like it seems the Rishonim said they did, they remembered that bris, they must have remembered that Avram, Avinu, and Sarah had a situation like this and that Avram said it's my sister. I would think that this is the worst place to do it. You go in and say that she's your sister, the first thing that people are going to do is going to raise their eyebrows and say, what's going on here? I would think that that's the first thing that would be. Aside from that, Yitzchak saying she's his sister... Wouldn't that also be a little weird? Guys, think about that for a second. Yitzchak says, this is my sister. They knew Avram Avinu. And what did they know about Avram and Sarah? That they only had one kid. And it was Yitzchak. So where's this sister coming from? Wouldn't you think that would be a question that they would be asking? Now, I know Keturah had children. But for Yitzchak to say, it's my sister... Right? Not a full sister, a half-sister maybe from my father, but not from my mother. It just seems like that's like something people would know. If Avram was as famous as they say, that the coins had a face of him and his wife on the other side, you would think everybody would know if he had a baby. So if he had those children and the six children with Keturah later on, you'd assume if he had a daughter and there was a sister involved that everybody would know about it. I, I just, I, I find it weird. I just find it weird that he offered that as his excuse and didn't get caught immediately on it. Like nobody got up there and said, whoa, we know Avram Avinu. We know Avram Avinu didn't have a daughter. What in the world happened over here? And if you'll say, oh, maybe it's Bakol, the daughter of Avram Avinu, that's also a little weird, well, but it's strange. I'm sorry? Mikol. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. No, no, I'll count that as a good joke. That, that, that counts. But no. But uh, if you say, if you say maybe it's Bakol, right, maybe that'll work. I just find this to be really strange. Okay, I, I'm just saying that it's strange. Swarmore says the wording still seems to be somewhat off. Kiyare Limor Ishti. He was afraid to say it's my wife, right? The Torah is giving him a reason in first person, and that makes sense. But the wording, again, should not be Penyarguni. Meaning, what's he telling the people? Is he telling the people, this is what I'm worried about? He wouldn't, it'd be strange, right? I'm telling you she's my sister because I'm worried you'll kill me. Oh, okay, she's your sister then, right? Right, but only because you'll kill me. It sounds like he's not saying it to the people, but what does this mean exactly? So here's what the Torah Moore says, and it's brilliant. Yitzchak Avinu never said it directly. If you look in the Pasuk, it says, The people asked about his wife, let's go with Rashi, about his wife, And he said, she is my sister. Now here's what he says. He says, Yitzchok went up to the servants of the household and said, they're not going to ask me. They're not going to ask Rivka. They're going to ask you, how are I and Rivka related? 
So he told the servants, here's what you're going to say. Yitzchak says she is my sister. And Yitzchak then told them, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I'm afraid I'm going to be killed because of these people around here. So he's talking to his servants and he's asking his servants to tell them, the plishtim, that she is Yitzchak's sister. Brilliant, right? So by Yomer Akosi is, he said to his servants, tell them that she's my sister because I'm afraid that I'm going to be killed. That's what he ended up saying over here. And that way he got around. I think that's a great shot in the Pasuk. I think that is Pashup shot in the Pasuk to be able to read the Pasuk that way. The Be'er Vasada says again, if you look in the Pasuk, and I know on my sheet I don't have it this way, the way that Akosi he is spelled is Hey Vav Aleph. It's not spelled as hey yud aleph, it's spelled as hey vav aleph, and it's pronounced as he, but it looks like who, says the Be'er Basada. the reason why is because again, they didn't ask Yitzhak this question, they went straight to the servants, just like the Tzoramor says, straight to the servants, so therefore it's achosi who, in other words, it wasn't him that answered Yitzchak, it was the servants that answered, and therefore he was trying to say, that's what it refers to. The people in the palace were totally confused about what was going on. They went to the servants, the servants answered, that is what he said, because they knew that Yitzchak was afraid of being killed. Another great answer. But the Maril Diskin says it was all part of what Yitzchak was trying to say to the people itself. It should have said Penyar Guhu. That's what it should have been. But instead, when people asked him who Rivka was, he responded, even if she was my wife, why would I tell you I'm afraid of dying? Again, that makes sense now, right? Even if she was my wife, I wouldn't tell you that because, I, because I'm afraid of dying by your hand. So they were all confused. They weren't sure. They looked around. They said, well, we don't know what to do over here. And that's why Avimela kept such a close eye on it because they weren't sure what to do. Midrash Tapio says, even though it wasn't necessarily a lie, he got punished because of that. In the end... How was he fooled? Does anybody remember? I mean, if you don't, you're missing the entire Parsha. What happens at the end of the Parsha with Esau and Yaakov? Yaakov fooled him by telling him a lie. Mida Kenegan Mida, he told a lie to try to get out of the police gym, even if it was for a good reason. Yaakov told him a lie, even though it was for a good reason. It shows you what, that ha- what happened to him, even though he had an idea behind it. The Mesha Chachma quotes the Ramah, the Meshachama Rameir Simcha of Devinsk, quotes the Ramah in Shuvis. Now listen to this question. The Ramah says in Shuvis, Simon Bays, if someone is muxuk to be a sister for a long time in the eyes of somebody else, right, it should be usher to say that this is my wife. I want you to think about that. Meaning, if I go around telling everybody that this is my sister, this is my sister, this is my sister, and in the end say, this is my wife. And for, I don't know how many years it would take. Let's say everybody in the neighborhood knows it's my sister, because that's what I went around telling people. And then I say, I was joking, guys, it's my wife. Says the Ramah, it might be usser to treat her as your wife, because everybody looks at her as a sister. So the Ramah says, what's the Allah on such a case? Let's say they have a reason. So I'll give you a case. The case that the Ramah brought up was a woman was pregnant, but she didn't want to tell anybody. Why didn't she want to tell anybody that she was pregnant? She was afraid of an ayin hara. Okay? So she went around saying to people, no, 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 I'm still in nida. I'm still in my cycle. I can't be together with my husband. For many weeks she said that in order to make people think that she wasn't pregnant. So she kept telling people and telling people and telling people. I don't know why that was better, but whatever. She went and told people. The question is, she was really pregnant. She was muttered to her husband. 
Is she still mutter to her husband? Is she mutter to be married to her husband or be together with her husband? If she's going around saying that she was in Nida, but she has an excuse, she has a reason for saying it, she's trying to get away from having anybody give her an ayin hara. What's Dawacha in such a case? What would be in that case? So the Ramah paskins at the end of the day that she's still mutter. And it's an interesting case. Okay, that whole idea is right over here. There is a Gemara in Ksubis, Ayin Beis, says someone who's Huxaka Tamea, has a Chazaka to be Tamea, is usher to her husband. The Ramban says it's true even if she has an excuse for saying what she did. But says the Ramah, it should be fine. In that case over there, says the Ramah, it's, the idea is, is that where she doesn't, he, he has no idea whether she's mutter or not. She knows she's mutter, but he thinks she's usher. And then she comes along and says, by the way, I'm mutter. To that we say, you have a chazaka for the husband. You have to go to the mikvah first before being mutter to your husband. But in this case, where she's claiming, I only said that I'm a nido in order to make sure I don't get an ayinhara, the husband and the wife know about it. And if the husband and wife know about it, both the husband and wife know what they're doing. Therefore, he says it's going to be mutter. And he says, the raya is from our parsha. Because what did Yitzchak do? Yitzchak said, it's my sister. And made everyone think that it's his sister. And at the end of the day, what did he do? He acted as if it was his wife. Meaning he treated her as if he would with a wife. Mitzachik im Rivka Yishto. He was mitzachik with her, which means that it must be mutter to be able to do so without a problem whatsoever. So it must be that a woman and a man that are trying to fool others for whatever reason into thinking they're brother or sister or to thinking that they're us to each other, if they're doing it on purpose, if they have an excuse for what they're doing, then it's mutter for them to act as man and wife even though they're doing it in a strange way. There's a chsams over here as well, but it's an amazing, amazing Ramah. The Meshachachma quotes it, the Pardis Yosef quotes it. There's stuff in both of those, but it's an amazing question. It's just something to remind, to, to have in mind. This is an actual halacha, that a wife cannot try to fool her husband. Try to fool her husband. Let's say a wife says, right, I'm Anita, and then surprises him by saying, no, I'm not. I'm really not Anita. There's a problem with that. That's not a good surprise. That's not something you should be doing. Because once he thinks she's Anita, then the halacha is she is Anita, even if she gives an excuse. No, no, I wanted to surprise him. I wanted to make sure there would be a surprise here. That's not a good enough excuse. You cannot do that. But if both of them are in on it and they're fooling other people, then says the Ramah mutter, and the proof is from right over here. That Yelis Shachar asked if he got permission from Rivka to do this. Do you think he got permission or no? Did he ask Rivka if he could say that she's his sister? Or did he just say that she's his sister? So Avram told Sarah what he was planning on doing. He went up to Sarah and said exactly what he planned on do. Planned to do. Go say you're my sister. Imri Achosiat. Say that you're my sister. But over here, it seems like Rivka did not have any choice in the matter. Yitzchok got up and said it exactly it is. Then it's Siv. Berlin says this is consistent with the relationship of Yitzchak and Rivka. Now, the Nitziv is not as extreme as Rav Hirsch. I've spoken about the Rav Hirsch before, and I don't know if anybody here has seen the Rav Hirsch inside. Rav Shamshul Hirsch held that the relationship between Yitzchak and Rivka is not something to emulate. Now, that's his opinion based on Pshat and the Pasuk, and there are many Rishonim and Achronim that would argue on such a deal. I'll tell you, my misora of looking through is not through Rav Shamshim Hirsch, and I find it very difficult to understand that Rav Hirsch. I hear where he's coming from by reading the Psukim, but I would find it difficult to say that any of the Avos are not the paradigm of how we look at a relationship or anything like that. But regardless, that's Rav Hirsch's opinion. The Nitziv is not as... Hold on one second, Zal. But the Nitziv is not as extreme. But he does say the following. 
Rivka and Yitzchak's relationship were different from Sarah and Avram. Sarah was 10 years younger than Avram Avinu, and they really grew up together. We don't know when they got married. According to one, the Sefer Yashar seems to say they got married at 25 and 15, right? When she was 15, he was 25. But they were also uncle and niece, which is weird, I know. But at least there was a relationship where there was a previous relationship. They knew each other, part of the family, etc. Rivka Imenu, although I personally find it hard to understand that she was three years old to do everything that she did when she got married, I find it easier to believe for me that she was 13. I'm not saying that she wasn't three. There's a Rav Schwab on that as well. But I find it easier to believe she was 13 or a little bit older. But let's put this in perspective. She's a 13-year-old girl leaving her land completely. That's not like Sarimenu. Sarimenu grew up with her family right around in Karn or Kostin for many, many years until they left. She left her family completely, right, with just Devorah Meinekes, Devorah her Meinekes, and maybe a couple other people that might have been there. She goes on her own, right, to Yitzchavinu. Yitzchavinu is already 40 years old, 40 Right? Now, again, there is an opinion that Rivka was 33, but let's assume 13 was the normal age for women to get married back then. That is a normal age. It's when she would have gone out to draw. And, that's the normal age that goes there. He was 27 years older than her. But not only that, what happens when Rivka first sees Yitzchak? First sees him. What happens to her? She falls off a camel. This is not a normal relationship, says the Nitziv, in which it's not that she was totally subservient to Yitzchak. But she treated him with reverence, treated him as if he's an Ola to Mima, which exactly he was. It might be the reason why Yitzchak did not marry any other woman. Avram obviously had other wives. Yaakov had other wives. But Yitzchak had a, a different type of relationship where there was a relationship where they were close with one another, says Initiv, but it was different. Rivka was not a known Nevi'ah like Sarimenu was, not a known Nevi'ah like Leah and Rachel may have been, depending on what we look at later on. But then Siv has a huge piece on it, and he says, it makes sense, this idea that we're saying over here, that he never got permission from Rivka to do it. He said, this is what we're doing, and Rivka followed suit. The one thing you notice, everybody asks the question, this is where the Nitziv comes from, why did Rivka not go to Yitzchak and say, Yaakov's the good one, Esav's the bad one? Why not just say it to him? The Nitziv's opinion is she couldn't. She felt like that wouldn't be the right thing. She felt like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yitzchak Avinu is a different person. Again, I can't comment on this. I'm not saying it in my own opinion. That's Rav Hirsch's and the Nitziv's a little bit less than Rav Hirsch, their opinions on how to deal with this relationship, but it does answer right over here. Now, let me ask you. Avimela comes in and says, uh, the people say, you know, who is that? And he says, it's my sister. What's with the kids? What is Yaakov and Esav in all this? Yaakov and Esav were already children. Who are they? Meaning, they're not your kids. They're her kids? Where are they from exactly? What are you going to say? Isn't Imran Yaakov not by the Pelishim? We don't know what he said by the Pelishim. You're right. You're correct. I assume that the same thing happened by the Pelishim. You're right. There's no Raya that Avram said something directly to Sarah by the Pelishim. But she knew from what happened before. So I guess there's implicit permission. I would assume that. But did Avimelech not notice the children? Did he not notice the kids? So how do you say this? The Ramban says, simply put, he claimed that they were either from another wife they were his from another wife, or they were Rivka's from another husband, right? Meaning, simply put, we're brother-sister, and the kids are from someone else. That, that's an easy answer, right? An answer like that could work. Tiferes Yonis and Rivka and Ibshit says, Rivka was afraid of Esav. Why was she afraid of Esav? Because Esav wasn't evil yet, but Esav was getting there. And therefore, what, I'm sorry? 
He damaged her womb. Well, that's definitely, I don't know if you can tell that, you know, when he was, that we know that from the Torah, but I, I don't know if she was able to know that at the time, that he ruined, you know, the room, a womb on his way out. I think it's more Chazal telling us what happened as opposed to, and I don't think any baby has the ability to do that. If Asaph is a baby, had the ability to do that. That's crazy awesome, right? But I, I don't think so. But Rabbi Yonis and Ibshit says that, Rivka was afraid of what Asaph would say to Avimelech's servants. Yeah, that's my mom and that's my dad. What are you talking about? Oh, did my father lie? No. They're definitely husband and wife. She was afraid of what Asaph would say. So Rivka took Asaph and Yaakov and hid them as best as she could. They were not able to be seen by the different servants or everybody around there because they were hidden by Rivka. How she did it and what she did, we don't know. Put them in boxes and like, sorry, I have absolutely no idea. But she tried to make sure that nobody was there. She kept them as far away from everyone and she herself was afraid of answering anything, afraid to give a giveaway of who Yitzchak was to her. So she didn't say anything. She kept Esau and Yaakov away. She wanted to make sure that nobody would say anything. Yitzchak, obviously, thought that Esau was a good kid. So he wasn't worried about it whatsoever. So he said straight out, Guys, don't worry. She is my sister. Asaph wouldn't say anything. Why would Asaph say anything? That was the idea behind it. But how were they not careful enough? How are they not careful enough to know what Avimelech was saying? How would Avimelech actually find out? So the idea behind it is Rashi and the Rashbam say Yitzchak and Rivka had been living there for a while. It doesn't say how long it was, but they had been living there for a while. Ki orchu shamayamin. And he assumed that if nothing had happened up until now, he didn't need to be careful anymore. He could do whatever he wanted without reprisal. That's a scary thing to think about. But I've been here for a while. Right? Nothing's happened. Now it's going to be okay. The Kleoker says this is what made Avimelech suspicious enough to go after Yitzchak. Yitzchak's not trying to marry off his sister. Why isn't he trying to marry off his sister to any of the good men of, of the Pelishtim? Must be it's not really his sister, and that made him especially suspicious. Then Itziv says he was waiting to do to see if he would have a taina on him, if he would have a claim against him. Meaning, his people had a bris with his father, and they weren't going to fight. But is Yitzchak planning on doing something to us? I want to see. If he's lying to us, then I can take this bris and throw it in his face and say, what's wrong with you? And that's exactly what Avimelech was doing. He says in the tip, he was waiting and waiting and waiting for Yitzchak to break the bris. The Malbim says, this, the fact that this happened, happened to be a massive, massive bracha. Rivko was never taken. Never taken. Sorrow was taken twice into Avimelech and Paro's bedroom. But Rivka was never taken even once. There is an unbelievable line over here. But he says there's so much more to it than just that. Remember what we said a couple weeks ago, that even the nations of the world had rules on who you could marry and who you couldn't? Remember what we said about the Benos Lot and Lot? We said that the Benos Lot, right, were worried, right, when they came out. They didn't want to tell people. They didn't want to marry anybody else. Even if they thought there were other people in the world... They thought nobody would want to marry. They didn't want to marry anybody else because they thought we're above those people. Those people are not like us. Says Malbim, there was something against Arias, though, and everybody had something against Arias, and they felt that it was weird. So the Malbim says, the biggest miracle that happened here is that they didn't believe it when Yitzchak said, she's my sister. Because I want you to think about this for a second. Yitzchak says, she's my sister. And then they're caught doing something that a husband and wife would do. What's the halacha back in the day by such a person? I don't mean Jewish law. I mean by secular law back in the day, a man who's together with his sister, who's caught with his sister, what do you think they did to them? They killed them without asking questions. If Yitzchak's claiming it's his sister and then acts like it's his wife, then he should have been killed by Avimelech. But instead, Avimelech said, I never believed you in the first place. It was a massive bracha that Yitzchak survived this. That he wasn't killed by Avimelech after doing something which they considered Arias. 
Why in the world did that happen? So the Hashkacha was number one that Avimelech waited, and number two, he didn't assume that Yitzchak was actually a sister with this girl, and therefore they survived. Says the Malbim, that's a miracle that we don't even think about. We don't even think about such a thing. That's the crazy part behind it. Question? No? Okay. Just want to make sure. And the final thing that we're going to really go through is just this. How did Avimelech see whatever he saw? Whatever it is that he saw, how did he see it? The Medjah Gadol says, Woe to the Rashaim, all they look for is Varn Erva. I'm going to give an example, and I, I hate to say it this way because everybody knows me as sort of like a moderate when it comes to these types of things. There are two ways of going online. Okay? A person who goes online and sees what he needs to see, and that's that, even if he has a filter. Or there's a person who goes online to see what he shouldn't be seeing. Even if you have a filter, you're going to see what you want to see. You're going to find something that has that. And you'll do whatever you want in order to get there. It's the reason why people are so scared about giving little kids cell phones. Because, yes, kids are amazing and kids are great kids. And they should have the information that one can get through the Internet. And that's 100% true. They should get something out of it if they were there. The problem is that these kids are going into it thinking... I'm looking for something that's inappropriate. If you go in looking for something inappropriate, not only will you find it, you'll find beyond what you've ever imagined you could see there. And I think everybody understands what I mean by that. What are you going online for? And that leads to what you eventually see. The Medjah Gadol says, woe to the nations of the world that they look for Dvar Sheva Erva. Avimelech was trying to find something inappropriate. And if you try to find something inappropriate, eventually you'll find it. If you have that evil eye, that evil eye that's out there, that ayin ra, that's always looking for something evil, you better believe HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to allow you to see something inappropriate. That will happen at some point in time. From shot in the plastic, it looks like he looked through a window. But it's not that. He was looking through windows. What kind of a sicko does that? Because he was doing as much as he could to see something inappropriate. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed him to see something inappropriate. Razo the mayor says the word ba'ad hachalon. It didn't say he looked into the chalon. He looked ba'ad hachalon. Ba'ad means he was staring in the window as much as he could all the time. He put binoculars there. He put video cameras there. He did everything evil you could possibly imagine, says the Raz and because he so badly wanted to see what was going on there. And that's evil. That's something we should never think about. The Miam Loes brought from the Sefer Yasher. Do you know where Yitzchak and Rivka were living? I didn't know this. I just found this this year. You know where they were? They were in Avimelech's palace. Yitzchak had a deal from his father with Avimelech. So when they came to Gror... Avimelech said, oh, then you'll live in my palace. And he gave him an apartment inside his palace itself. So it didn't mean that he had to go to his house somewhere where Yitzchak was living in the land of the Pleasure. No, 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 it was in his palace. He was walking by and then looked in through the window. That's how the Sefer Yashar puts it, and that's what happens over here. But then comes the Zohar. Both of those are saying that it's Pashup shot. He looked in through a window. He saw something inappropriate. And it was because he was looking for it, because it was right there. That's the idea behind it. But then comes the Zohar. The Zohar, quoted by Parish Yonasan and quoted by a bunch, says he looked into the stars above, the constellations above. It's called a chalon, a chalon up above. And he saw that they were husband and wife. He was able to see through his astrology, not astronomy, his astrology that they were husband and wife. The Tzoramor says this word is used, chalon is used by Sisra's mother. Does anybody remember Perak Vav and Shoftim? We did it not too long ago, Moshe, so I'm expecting you to remember it. Do you remember it? Do you remember it? You better. Sisra's mother is standing by the window. It's actually Parakeh, I'm sorry. It's at the end of Parakeh, the Song of Devorah. So at the end of Parakeh, Sisra's mother is sitting by the chalon and looking by the chalon. She's waiting for Sisra to come back. 
right? And it says he's there by the Chalon and by the Eshnav. Eshnav, Aleph Shin Nun Beis. And here the Tzoramor says, you know what the Pshat is? There's two types of windows. A big window is a Chalon and an Eshnav is a small window. He says, why did Sisra's mother look through a big window, the picture window, and then switch to a small window? What happened? Why would you go from the big window to the small window? You should go from the small window to the big window. See, maybe he's coming. That's what you should do. Swarmore says, this has nothing to do with windows. It has to do with magic. She was able to use something. Sistra's mother was using magic and was able to see something that no one else saw. The Malvin talks about this over there in Shokhtan, Parakeh, at the very end. He says, at first she was looking through her window, which means she was looking in the stars. She was trying to see what happened to Sistra. She couldn't understand what was happening in the stars. So then she went to a smaller window in Eshnav, which we know as a crystal ball. And she looked into the crystal ball to see what was happening. She did see something, by the way. Does anybody know what she saw? Yael was standing on top of Sisra with her bloodied head, the bloodied head in her arms, and a knife in her hands, stepping on Sisra. That's what she saw through her crystal ball. And she asked her Chacham, and the Chacham said, oh, no, 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 that's a translation. He won the war and bloodied the fields and is now taking the spoils as well as all the women. And that's what you're seeing in your crystal ball. They were, they were wrong, by the way. They were totally wrong. So just so you know, they were completely off. It was literal what they saw, and that's the idea behind it. The Miam Lewes says the same thing the Torah Moore does. He actually kind of quotes the Torah Moore, but he didn't see anything. Else. This is all through Chachma. It wasn't through anything that she saw, literally, or what Avimelech was seeing. This is all through Chachma and Kishuf and something amazing that was behind the scenes, something completely different. And he saw through his wisdom, through his abilities, that this is his wife. Tam Vedas says the, the, the same thing that Rav Sternbach goes into the same idea of what happens over here. Rabbi Yonis and I just asked the question that I've asked for so long. I've known this shot. I've known this Zohar. I've known this Suramor. And I've known this Miam Loez for a very, very long time. Okay, so he asks, Rabbi Yonis and I just asks, why didn't he look until now? The days, it was a long time. And now he looks as soon as Yitzchak and Rivka came in. And Yitzchak said, they said, hey, who is that? And he says, this is my sister. Immediately, Avimelech should have looked inside the window and seen, hey, it's not really brother sister. Why didn't he look immediately? So he says the most unbelievable thing. The hunger took place over a Shemitah cycle, he says. It was a seven-year Shemitah cycle. During that seven-year cycle, it was a hunger for all of that time. At the end, Yitzchak and Rivka were there for three years after that. Here's what he says. That's the length of days in our passage. The fourth year, the sun is the leading astrological sign. Based on Shetzem Chanchal, Shin is Shabsoi, that's Saturn, right? Sadi is Tzedek, that's Jupiter. Mem is Madim, that's Mars. Then Chanchal, Chama is the sun. Noga is Venus. Kochav is Mercury. And Lamed is Levana, the moon. Each one of them, Shetzem Chanchal, each one of them rules on a certain day. Thus, as we've talked about before, Sunday is the day of the sun, Monday is the day of the moon, Saturday is the day of the Saturn, right? And Thursday is Thursday, that's Jupiter. We've talked about this before, and every day stands for something, right? Friday is Mercury, Tuesday is, what's it called, is, um, is Venus, and Wednesday is Mars. Each day has its own one thing. That's why we call it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, okay, whatever. So each one has that. But not only that, it also goes by hours. Every hour and every day is a different one of Shetzim Chanchal, and it goes through. Those were the signs, that, the things that they were able to see with the naked eye, without any problem. 
In the third year, leading into the fourth year, the Chama was in charge. At that time, secrets are able to be revealed. And because of that, Abimelech had to wait till then to find out who Rivka was. So it took a long time to get the astrological sign that they needed to find out the information that he knew he had to get. Okay, then what did he see is already a big kasha. There's a Rashi over here based on Bereshis Rabbah and Perak Samach Dawid. The Rashbam says the same thing as well. The Orachayim HaKadosh goes into why this was mutter. The Orachayim HaKadosh gives two answers. There's a Mizrahi, a Tur, and a Berba Sadan that as well. There's a Chassam Sofer, Moshe of Zakein, and Paneach Raza. There's Bereshis Rabbah, Perak Samach Dawid that has to be gone through. And Igrid the Kal over here, and it's Ramor. I don't want to go through anything else. That's something that's more... Sneeze type of issues, but all of those modern comas are awesome to be able to look it through. And if you have the sheets, you can look it through yourself right over here as well. I'm going to end with this idea over here. The Meashiloch says in Bava Metzia, the Gemara tells us, O Kiru honor your wives, atru, so that you become wealthy. Honor your wives so that you become wealthy. So he says, he says this comes from our parsha. Interesting. He says, Valmuk. Calling someone a sister is a title of endearment. We think of a sister as just a sister. But really, what he meant to say, he wasn't, he never lied. He never lied when he said, she is my sister. I feel she is as dear to me as my sister. Similar, as you just said, Michael, Mm -hmm. of a guy going up to another person and says, you feel like you're my son. I feel like you're my son, right? We're brothers. We feel so close to each other. We feel like brothers, right? That's the idea behind it. So he says, says the Mashilah, this is the Ishbitzer, he says, calling someone a sister is a title of endearment that means you love them more than anything else in the world. When Avram called Sarah a sister, he left Mitzrayim with much wealth because he meant it. She is my sister. I mamish feel that she's my best friend. That's what it's supposed to be. Yitzchak called his wife his sister and immediately planted a field and got Mea Sha'arim, made a ton of money. If you give honor to your wife by calling her by that name, by that name of sister, if you're able to be Zoha to such a relationship, then you'll be wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. That's the concept behind this Gemara. Yitzchak felt that this wasn't a lie. I've been going this entire year saying he lied, he lied, he lied, he lied. But it was okay because he had to. It was okay because he didn't know what to do. It was okay because he was afraid of dying. And that's all true. But there's another line over here. That there's no lie, just like me calling somebody a brother because I love them, just like me calling someone a son because I love them. Calling someone a sister can work in the same way. Now, it's not as sneeze if you're not married to them, right? But to call somebody that. But regardless, that's the concept behind it. The wealthier you become when a person does that, the better one person becomes when such a thing happens. That's an amazing, amazing line from the Mashiach and the Ishbitzer. It's something to consider, something to think about at all times. Have a great Shabbos, everybody.